Amen. Well, good morning again and again. Welcome to Liberty Church. We are honored and excited uh, that you're here today. And so this morning, we're going to jump into a brand new series entitled Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. And uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, verse 22. It's going to be our foundational scripture. And I just want you to think, kind of let me just give you a little context here. Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost. God has just poured out the Holy Spirit on the earth. He has just birthed into existence. The New Testament church is literally coming alive by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the Apostle Peter is now declaring to those that have gathered there in Jerusalem, 14 different uh, nationalities or languages that were spoken, and they are, he's declaring to these people that literally Jesus Christ, whom they crucified, has been resurrected, amen? And that he is the Messiah, he is the Savior, and he is the Redeemer of all the earth. And then he makes this statement uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, and I want you just to look at it with me. It says, people of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth, right? He publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth with signs, wonders, and miracles for all the world to see. I want you to think about our Christian faith for just a moment this morning. Christianity is a supernatural encounter with God, amen? Christianity is based in the supernatural. When you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelations, you know what you see from Genesis to Revelations? You see signs, wonders, and miracles. You see God doing supernatural things that could never be done by man, only done by the power of God as he worked through people to accomplish his will on the earth. When you think about Christianity, if you were to remove all the signs, wonders, and miracles from the Bible, and if you were to remove the signs, wonders, and miracles from our Christian faith, then you would have just removed Christianity, right? The foundation stone of our faith as believers in Jesus Christ is a miracle. Do y'all realize that? The foundation stone of our Christian faith is a miracle. We believe that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died, was crucified, and on the third day rose from the dead. Amen? How many of you know natural people don't get up from the dead? Supernatural people get up from the dead. Right? Our whole faith is built on the supernatural power of God. So today we want to kind of just begin to dive in to this idea of what are signs, wonders, and miracles. And so we're going to kind of answer that question today. What are signs, wonders, and miracles? The word sign, I'm just going to give you a real simple definition. Uh, in the Greek, the word sign literally means a sign. <laughs> Isn't God cool? <laughs> it means a sign. And we, we just got back from vacation, and uh, we were coming home, and I had my GPS leading me all the way, you know. And, and, uh, but one of the things I would do every time it would tell us to take a road, even though I was following my GPS, I was looking for a sign. How many of you know the sign wasn't the road? It was an indicator that I was on the right road. That's what signs in the Bibles are for. A sign is a supernatural indicator that we're on the right road. Amen? The word, mirror, the word wonder is, literally means, in the Greek, it means to wonder. Isn't that awesome? It, means, it literally means this. It means a strange or an unusual occurrence that makes you wonder to the point that you watch and observe. 
Now, I'm not sure about you guys, but uh, I'm just going to be honest up here. I'm sometimes skeptical of some of the things that I hear are happening in the world, right? And I hear all these things that are happening, I'm like, ah, you know, I just, you know, that's just weird, God. Y'all ever have that? Every now and then, I'll just say that to God. I'll say, God, that's just weird. A wonder is something strange and unusual that makes you wonder, but then here's the key of it. It makes you watch to see if it is real. See, whenever I hear about something that's unusual and strange and I'm not really sure if it's God, you know what I'll do? I'll put my eye on it. How many know God wants you to put his eye on, wants you to put your eye on what he's doing? Amen? And so God will perform signs and wonders. And then the word miracle is really, it's an awesome word. It's found in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where Jesus said this. He said, and you shall receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That word dunamis is a word for miracle. It literally means miraculous working power. So signs, wonders, and miracles. Let me give you a very simple definition if you'll look on uh, your outline and on the screen. Let me give you a very simple definition. Signs, wonders, and miracles are supernatural manifestations of the power of God. Signs, wonders, and miracles are supernatural manifestations of the power of God that affirm and confirm the Word of God. Supernatural manifestations of the power of God that affirm and confirm the Word of the Lord. So let me break that down just a little bit. Let me talk about what does it mean to be supernatural. Supernatural literally means beyond natural or human ability. Do y'all remember the story of the little boy that had two fish and five loaves? Y'all remember that? He had two fish and five loaves and how that Jesus took it and he fed the 5,000? How many know that's supernatural? Jesus took one boy's Happy Meal, right? A boy's lunch, and he fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. How many know that's supernatural? I mean, we couldn't even feed this whole building right here with one Happy Meal. I mean, I've seen Dustin eat. It would never happen. <laughs> but not only did he take that little boy's Happy Meal and feed 5,000 men plus women and children, but they took up 12 baskets full of leftovers when it was all over. Amen? Supernatural literally means beyond natural ability. It is impossible for man to do. It requires God to do something that man cannot do. And how many know God is the God of the supernatural? Genesis to Revelation. And so not only is it the supernatural, but it's a supernatural manifestation. The word manifest literally just means to make known. It's not done in private. God publicly, we read that scripture, Acts 2, 22, God publicly endorsed Jesus. God publicly declared that Jesus Christ was the Savior, the Redeemer, the, Redeemer, the Messiah of all the world. How? Through public displays of miracles. The sick were healed, the blind could see, the lame could walk, the dead would rise, and over and over and over. It wasn't done in a secret place. It was done for all the world to see. The supernatural manifestations of God's power are tangible, touchable, and even transferable. There's a story in the book of Acts where the Bible says they took handkerchiefs that had been prayed over by the apostles and laid them on sick people's bodies and the anointing, the manifest power of God was so tangible and touchable that it literally went into that handkerchief and when it was laid on that sick person's body, they got up and were raised to hell. That's what supernatural manifestations are. 
their abilities are supernatural beyond human ability that are public displays and manifestations of the power, the miraculous power of God. Now, I want you to see the last part. And the reason God does this, I want you to see this, is to confirm and to affirm the Word of God. Now, there are three expressions of the Word I want to talk about real quick. The first expression is Jesus. How many know Jesus is the living Word? In the beginning, John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? And so we recognize Jesus was and is the living Word. God uses signs, wonders, and miracles to affirm and confirm that Jesus is Lord. Right? Anytime. That's why I love. I love the name of Jesus. I love the name of Jesus. When you speak the name of Jesus in faith, all of a sudden mountains begin to move. Why? Because God affirms and confirms that Jesus is Lord, that his name is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that he is Lord. So Jesus is a living word. And signs, wonders, and miracles are supernatural manifestations that affirm and confirm that Jesus is the Son of God. And he is king of kings and lord of lords. And then there's another expression of the word of God. It's called the Bible, right? The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. The apostle Peter made this statement. He says, God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises so that through these great and precious promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature of God, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust so that we can actually, through the knowledge of Christ, experience everything that we need for life and godliness through Christ Jesus. So God has given us the word of God. How many know God's word is God's will? When you read the Word of God, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God's Word is God's will. And so God releases signs, wonders, and miracles, supernatural manifestations to affirm and confirm His Word. And everybody in here today, how many of you in this room have been born again and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Anybody? Amen. Praise God. Well, guess what? You got born again. How many of you believe that salvation is probably the greatest miracle on the planet. When you get saved, the Bible says you go from being blind to now you can see. You go from being dead to now you're alive. You go from being disconnected from God to being rightly connected from God. You go from being an alien and a foreigner and a stranger from all the promises of God to being an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. Your past is covered. Your future is settled. And the Spirit of God comes to take up residence in your heart and in your life. There is no doubt salvation is the greatest miracle on the planet and everybody in here that's ever gotten saved and got born again you got saved and you got born again because God watches over his word to perform it the miracle of salvation happened because God watches over his word to perform it whoever believes with their heart and confesses with their mouth the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved now you know what's interesting about that I've never seen anybody come forward in an altar call for salvation. And I've never seen them be turned away and say, well, we're not really sure if it's God's will for you to be saved. I mean, if I did that, y'all would probably throw me out as your pastor. You'd be like, Pastor Keith, what's wrong? You done lost your mind. You just gave a salvation call. You said based on the word of God, whoever believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, they can be saved. And here people are coming and now you're telling them you're not sure that it's the will of God for them to be saved and they'll have to go home and maybe think about it. Maybe God will show up. Maybe God will save them and maybe God won't. 
We have never and would never do that to anybody. And it, you know what's crazy about that? It don't matter who they are or what they've done. As a matter of fact, the more messed up and screwed up they are, the more excited we get about it. Right? I mean, the more excited we're Did you hear about that guy? He got saved. He was horrible. Look what Jesus did for him. The more messed up and the more screwed up they are, the more excited we are when they respond by faith to the word of God. Why? Because we know that God performs miracles because he watches over his word to perform what he said. So let me ask you a question. Why in the world would we say that everybody that responds to the word of God for salvation can be saved, but when somebody comes to be healed, we're like, well, I'm not really sure if it's God's will for you to be healed. I'm not really sure if it's God's will for you to be delivered. You might have to go through a little process. I mean, I know, I know Jesus said he was manifested that he might destroy all the works of the devil. And I know that Jesus came to heal the sick and to heal all who were oppressed of the enemy. But you know what? It, it, it may not really be the will of God for you to get healed today. We have never done, we, we, we do that, but we've never done it when it comes to salvation. Think about that. When it comes to the promise of God about you being saved, which is the greatest miracle, we say it's always the will of God right now, you can have it, it's yours. But when it comes to temporal things like healing, how many know healing is really temporal? Because one day you are going to die. Or else Jesus is going to come back. Financial provision is Temporal. One day, you're going to live in a, in a house that's not made by the hands of man. Right? All the stuff, all this other stuff is temporal. That somehow we can believe that God can do the eternal, but we struggle with God doing the temporal, and now we have talked ourselves out of receiving the fullness of God because it's the will of God for you to be saved, but we're not really sure if it's the will of God for you to be healed. Or we're not really sure if it's the will of God for you to be delivered. Because maybe you need to learn some things before you really get set free. Would you ever say that to somebody coming to know Christ? Well, you know, I'm not sure if God's really ready to save you. You might need to go learn a few Bible verses and then you can be saved. That is heresy. We would never do that. Why? Because we know it's the will of God. God watches over his word, folks, to perform it. And if God promises it, it's yours. If Jesus did it, you can do it. If Jesus did it, you can have it. Amen? It's yours. And just as it's God's will for everybody to be saved, it's God's will for everybody to be healed, it's God's will for everybody to be delivered, it's God's will for everybody to prosper and succeed, it's God's will for everybody to be used by Him and work through them to glorify His name. And anything else is an assault against the integrity and the character of the very word of God that we stand on. So Jesus is the living word. He's given us the written word. And then there is, how many know that, the God, that God is actually still speaking today by the Holy Spirit? God still speaks. I'm really glad he does. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us. In, in the Greek, the word for that is the rhema word. It literally means a spoken or a quickened word. And the rhema word will always affirm the written word, and it will always glorify Jesus, the living word. Amen? 
but God still speaks. So what is a sign of wonder and a miracle? A sign of wonder and a miracle is a supernatural manifestation of the power of God that affirms and confirms the Word of God. So let's just, uh, let's just take a little walk down, uh, down memory lane just a little bit. Y'all, y'all remember when you were kids, you remember all the Bible stories we teach our kids? Great Bible stories, right? Y'all remember Moses? I want you to think about how this works. God spoke, Moses obeyed, and miracles happened. God spoke, go to Pharaoh. Moses reluctantly (laughs) obeyed, but he did, and miracles happened. Y'all remember Noah? God spoke, Noah obeyed, and miracles happened. Y'all remember Elijah? He prayed fire down from heaven. Y'all remember that? That's an awesome story if you had not read it. It's in the book of Kings. 450 prophets of Baal spend all day long cutting themselves, crying out, weeping, wailing, trying to get their God to answer by fire. And at the end of the day, when it was time for the evening sacrifice, Elijah clears them away, repairs the altar, puts the sacrifice on the altar, digs a trench around the altar, pours 12 buckets of water on the altar, and then he makes this amazing statement. He says, God, I thank you that you're the God that answers by fire, and everything that I have done here today, listen to what he said, I have done in obedience to your word. Elijah wasn't making it up. He was obeying God. God said, Elijah obeyed, and a miracle happened. Y'all remember Jesus? (laughs) You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I never do anything, and I never say anything unless I have heard or seen the Father do it. Jesus said, I never do anything and I never say anything unless I have seen and heard the Father do it. Jesus did not operate independent of the Father. He operated dependent upon the Father. He operated as a man endued by the Holy Spirit so we could do what he did, amen? So God spoke, Jesus obeyed, and guess what happened? Miracles happened. The sick were healed, the dead were raised, the blind blind could see, the lame could walk. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Three days later, he got up and rose from the dead. Why? Because God said, Jesus obeyed, and miracles happened. Why? Because signs, wonders, and miracles are supernatural manifestations of the power of God that affirm and confirm the word of God. God watches over his word to perform it. He watches over his word. Why? Because God's word, Jesus, God's word, the Bible, God's word through the Holy Spirit is the will of God for our lives. And he watches over his word to perform the word. Now think about the disciples for just a minute. Jesus spoke, who is God? They obeyed, and guess what happened? Miracles happened. God spoke, they obeyed, miracles happened. Y'all see a pattern here? God spoke, they obeyed, and miracles happened. Look with me in Mark chapter 16. It says, and then he, speaking of Jesus, told them, he's telling them right here, is God speaking, Jesus, the Son of God. He said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. 
And anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. And these miraculous signs will accompany or follow those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak with new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with, snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. And when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven, sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand where he is now today, ever living to intercede for me and you. And then look at verse 20. And then the disciples went everywhere and preached. So God said, go and preach. And guess what they did? They obeyed. They went and preached. And look what the Bible says. And the Lord worked through them confirming what they said. What did they say? They said what Jesus told them to say. They preached the gospel. God heals, God saves, God delivers. Jesus is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And no man can come to the Father except through him. Jesus declared who he was and the disciples went out doing what Jesus said to do. And look what the next part of that verse says. And God worked through them, confirming what they said with many miraculous signs. God spoke, they obeyed, and miracles happened. God spoke, they obeyed, and miracles happened. Now, look at that next point on your outline because I want to just kind of pause for a second. I want to I check us for just a minute. I want you to recognize that we don't follow signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles follow those who believe. We don't follow signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles follow those who believe. And this is important. As I was preparing this and the Holy Spirit said, Keith, this is what I want you to preach on. He checked this in my heart because it's significant to understand that. Because if you don't understand that we don't follow signs, wonders, and miracles, signs, wonders, and miracles follow us. If you don't understand that, boy, it gets bright in here, doesn't it? If you don't understand that, this is what will happen. Jesus said in the last day, false prophets will arise. And they'll perform many miraculous signs, wonders, and miracles. And if it is even possible, he said, they would deceive and lead astray even the very elect. In the Old Testament, God said this. He said, if a prophet or a seer performs a sign or a wonder, and it comes to pass... They say this is going to happen tomorrow at this time and tomorrow at that time it happens and it's miraculous and it's amazing and it's wonderful. He says if they declare something and it comes to pass, a sign, a wonder, a miracle, and then they tell you to turn away from me and not follow God, he says don't listen to them. Don't follow them. Why? Because we don't follow signs, wonders, and miracles. We follow Jesus. Isn't that what he said? Come and follow me. We follow Jesus. We don't follow signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles are supposed to follow us. You want to know how so many people get deceived? They get deceived because they follow the sign instead of following Jesus. Now look what Jesus said. I want you to see this. Matthew 12, Jesus said this, one day, or the Bible said this, one day some teachers of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. We want you to show us a sign to prove that you are who you say you are. Look what he says. 
But Jesus replied, only an evil and adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign, but the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. And then he goes on and says, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of God be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, speaking of his death and his resurrection. And so this is what Jesus said to the scribes and Pharisees. They said, Jesus, we want a sign. Jesus said, you don't need a sign, you need a Savior. You don't follow signs. We follow the Savior. We follow God. We pursue Him. His Word is a lamp under our feet and a light under our path. We're pursuing Him in intimate relationship. How many know Christianity is a relationship? It's a relationship. Imagine if I came home from work on Monday afternoon and walked in the house and I saw Kelly and I held up a sign and said, hello. Well, that wouldn't be a very good relationship, would it? I'm not following signs. We're not following signs. We're following the Savior. Amen? And I wanted to say that because we're going to dive into this thing and we're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. We already do, by the way, if you hadn't recognized that. This is a supernatural church. But we're going to see more because we're going to walk in a new level of faith. And I want you to understand as we start walking in a greater level of faith and seeing more and more and more of the supernatural, that we don't follow the supernatural, we follow the Savior. And signs and wonders follow us. That is the affirmation, the confirmation that we're doing the things that God has called us to do. Amen? So look at that next point on your outline. We don't believe because we see. That's not faith. We don't believe because we see. That's what the the scribes and Pharisees said. They said, Jesus, show us a sign so we can believe that you are who you say you are. We don't believe because we can see. And I'm going to walk back here and borrow Stephen's stool. So if I were to ask you a question, how many of you believe that's a stool? Everybody in here would believe there's a stool right there, right? Because it doesn't take faith to believe what you see. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. We don't believe because we see. That's not faith. We believe, or let me say it, we see because we believe. So if I ask you, how many of you see this stool right here? Everybody in here would say, yes, I believe there's a stool right there. I'd say, how many of you see that stool over there? Y'all say, Pastor Keith, you done lost your mind. Because you don't need faith to believe for what you see. You need faith to believe for what you can't see. I don't need faith to know this is a stool. I see it. I need faith to come over here and sit down right here. I need faith to believe for what I can't see to believe for the healing that I can't see, to believe for the provision that I can't see, to believe for the breakthrough that I can't see, to believe for the the salvation of my family that I can't see. I need faith to believe for that which I cannot see. This is not faith. That's a stool. And we see it. If you'd have been with us, Kelly and I, 21 and a half years ago when there were three of us, me and Kelly and two other couples meeting in our living room, 
And you'd have been sitting in our living room and I'd have said, this is North Alabama's greatest church. We're going to reach thousands of people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. People are going to be saved, set free, and made whole. And one day, we're going to turn Arab Alabama upside down for the glory of God. That's faith. I didn't need faith to believe for three people in my living room. I had that. I needed faith to believe for you. I needed faith to believe for this. I needed faith to believe that what I didn't see would become a reality because God said he was going to birth North Alabama's greatest church. That's what you need faith for. So we don't believe because we see. We see because we believe. Faith comes by hearing, not by seeing. Now think about for just a second, I I love this story because in the Old Testament, the children of Israel that came out of Egyptian bondage, there was no other generation that saw the miraculous power of God more than they did. They saw the 10 plagues come on Egypt. They saw the river turn to blood. They saw the flies and the, and, the, and, the, and the locusts and the frogs invade the nation of Israel, I mean the nation of Egypt, while they were kept safe. They saw the animals die. They saw the firstborn die. They saw the cloud by day. They saw the fire by night. They saw Moses stick out his rod in the Red Sea part. They saw the greatest military power on the planet be consumed in one day as they were drowned in the ocean. They saw manna come down out of heaven. They saw water come out of a rock. They saw quail blow in by a a wind that was this deep, knee deep, that they gathered up the quail and ate till they couldn't eat anymore. They saw the miracles of God. But guess what happened? Think about this. The moment Moses, the man that they could see, went up on the mountain, they didn't believe. Where's Moses, they said. Is he ever coming back, they said. I tell you what we ought to do, they said. Why don't we make a golden calf? And why don't we worship a cow? Think about that. They saw more miracles than any other generation on the planet, but they still didn't believe God. When they couldn't see Moses, the man of God, they didn't believe in the God they couldn't see. They were looking at a man. Let me just tell you something. You can look at a man and God works through people, but it's God that does the work. And if you want to get messed up, then exalt a man. You'll get messed up. Because God will let them fail right in front of you. Just to remind you they're not God. They're not God. I'm not and you're not. He is. Amen? So we don't believe because we see. We see because we believe. Because faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11, 1, right, says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. And look at verse 6 in Hebrews 11. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because they that come to God must believe that he is. 
What is he? He's whatever I need. He's my healer. He's my savior. He's my deliverer. He's my redeemer. He's my restorer. He's my rescuer. He's my provider. Whatever it is I need, I believe that he is. Not because I have it, but because I believe it. And because I believe it, I come to God because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not yet seen. How do I know God is God? Because I believe he is. How do I know he's going to do what he said he would do? Because I believe he is. And in Mark 16, there was an amazing little statement there. We didn't hang out on it. The Bible said this. Jesus said, whoever believes will be saved. Whoever doesn't believe is condemned already. It's faith. It's faith that God is going to do what God said he would do. Not because I can see it, but because I believe what he said. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should relent. He is faithful and he watches over his word. So look at this next point. I want you to see this. So the key, really simple here, right? Y'all know I'm a simple preacher. Let me give it to you really simple. Got to put all the cookies on the bottom shelf because I like cookies. Amen. Amen. The key to signs, wonders, and miracles is really simple. Here it is. It is faith-filled obedience. Faith-filled obedience to the Word of God. Faith without works is dead. God spoke, they obeyed, miracles happened. God spoke, they obeyed, miracles happened. God spoke, they obeyed, and miracles happened. Faith-filled obedience to the Word of God. God says it, we obey it, and miracles happen. Miracles happen. Y'all remember Daniel? Did I talk about Daniel earlier? Yes, no? Very good. I'm going to talk about him right now then. This is good. Y'all remember Daniel in the lion's den? The king said that nobody could bow and pray to anyone except to him as king. That's what he said. And Daniel, the Bible says, went out, opened his window, toward Jerusalem, and prayed three times a day just like he had always done. Now, what I want you to see about that, why is this important? It's important because of this. Moses had a rhema word from God. God spoke to him. Y'all remember the burning bush? Noah had a rhema word from God. God spoke to Noah. We don't know exactly how that happened, but God spoke to him. Daniel did not have a rhema word. God did not speak to Daniel. Daniel had a Logos word. He had the written word. Daniel had the law of Moses. And in the law of Moses, you know what God said? You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not bow down and worship any idol of any, any graven thing. You shall not bow down and worship anything else other than God. Daniel did not have a quickened word. He had the written word. And the written word said, you shall not bow down and worship any other god. You can't pray to anybody but God. And Daniel obeyed. God said, Daniel obeyed, and the miracle happened. God shut the mouth of the lion and exalted Daniel continually to places of preeminence and authority. James chapter 5, I want you to look at this with me. It's on the screen. James chapter 5. Stephen, you and the worship team can go ahead and come. James chapter 5 says this. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church 
and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Is that in the Bible? If you don't know it is, you need to go ahead and read it. It's there. It's there. It's the word of the Lord. Is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over them. And anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. We're going to do that today. Why? Because God said, and if we obey, miracles happen. It really is that simple. God says it, we obey it, miracles happen. God says it, we obey it, miracles happen. God says it, we obey it, miracles happen. We've already had healings at 8 o'clock service this morning. Lynn Cogren came in walking on a cane, walked out swinging it like a golf club, praising God because God healed him. So I want to ask our elders and our seven pillar leaders to come up front. And we've got oil up here. And we're going to get ready to go into a time of worship, so we're going to let you stand in just a minute. But we're just going to simply obey the Word of God. Why? Because when God says and we obey, miracles happen. It really is that simple. So if you're here today, this is what I want to challenge you. And if you're here today and you want to be healed, then we want you to come. I'm not saying if you want prayer. If you want to be healed, we want you to come in just a minute. And we're just going to do what the Bible says. Pretty simple. We're just going to do what the Bible says. Is anyone sick? Call for the elders. Well, I done did that for you. I helped you out. Amen? Y'all can thank me later. And we're going to pray over you and we're going to anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith is going to save the sick. Well, Pastor Keith, what about the other times that I've been for prayer and I didn't get healed? Let me ask you a crazy question. Have you ever went to the doctor twice for the same problem? Have you ever went three times? Five? Ten? Fifteen? Twenty? Well, why do you keep going back to the doctor after you done went once and you didn't get healed? Well, that's why you keep going back, right? You keep going back because you didn't get healed. And you keep going back because you didn't get healed. And you keep going back because you didn't get healed. Do you mean to tell me that we have more faith in doctors than we have in God? You mean I'm going to go to a doctor 50 times to get my healing and I won't even come to a prayer line twice to get healed? Well, I prayed once, God, and I prayed, Pastor Keith, one time, nothing happened. Well, pray again. Why? Because God said it, and if we obey it, miracles happen. Pastor Keith, do you really believe that? I absolutely 100% believe it. See, I see right here your healing. I see your breakthrough. I see pain leaving your body. I see sickness and disease bowing its knee to Jesus Christ. How do I receive that? By faith. God said it. God said it. I obey it. And miracles happen. I'm going to have our ushers come and they're going to just station right here on the end of the aisles. And if you want healing, 
We're just going to let you come and just get in line and they're just going to release you. And let me just, it doesn't matter who prays over you because it's not the man or the woman that's praying, it's God that heals. So if you want to be healed, we're going to go into worship. You just get in line and you come and God's going to heal you today. Amen? So let's stand and worship the Lord. If you need healing, you come. Pastor Kelly, come with me.